1: today we've got an awesome story of revenge from someone who got bullied striking back we'll get into that in a bit but first jerk brother regrets calling my wife a runt so my older brother is a sociopath he used to hold me down when i had a loose tooth and pull it out with pliers my parents always downplayed it saying i was just sensitive fast forward 20 years and he's married to a woman who almost seems to enjoy his hairpin trigger of a temper sister-in-law and my wife used to work at the same hospital Sister-in-law got fired but still has moles planted to keep her current on the gossip. Anyway, I found out that she's spreading awful rumors about my wife to all her co-workers and my wife's crying because it's so humiliating. So I confront sister-in-law and brother over group text basically saying you're crappy people and it's time to let go of the job you got fired from. Now my brother flips the freak out. When he's mad he's the punch the wall type of person but he will also say anything he has to in order to get to you. My wife suffered from pretty bad postpartum depression, and he used that to say she's a crappy mother and calls her an expletive. To me, he uses the fact that I struggled with addiction many years ago. Been clean for a long time, but that doesn't stop him from calling me a piece of crap addict and that I will never get to his level of success. A few weeks after the incident, I find out from someone at work that he's running to be elected to the hockey board in our local town. I live in Minnesota, so this is a big deal. Hockey boards are like being in the freaking Illuminati. They're very much narcissistic and think they're better than everyone else because they get a conference room. So I decided to screenshot the texts he sent my wife and I emailed them to the chairman of the board. I urged him to think twice about allowing someone who calls a woman an expletive and basically has no morals. Hockey chairman gets back to me and says that my brother is no longer in consideration for the position. And that he's forwarding the text to the other board members my brother is now looked at much differently in the hockey community he's been ostracized essentially my brother only cares about looking good to other people and this completely ruined him it's a small community he's no longer invited to the fundraising events and is kicked out of the little inner circle that he so desperately wanted to my brother freak you is anybody else surprised that even though OP shared this evidence and went to them, that they actually, like, immediately took that in and valued it and shut down their opportunity to be on this board. I just feel like a lot of places would probably be a little bit weary of that kind of stuff and be worried that it's, like, some hearsay or forged evidence or they don't really know the whole story. But it worked out great here. Also hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is Her Petty Revenge Backfired. I, female, was 13 or 14 years old at the time this took place. Right at the age where one is horribly embarrassed that their parents even exist and definitely doesn't ever want to be seen in public with them, it was a cold, rainy fall Friday night, and my friends and I were planning on going to the $1 movies at our local theater. The theater was about 6 blocks from my house, so we normally walked there on Friday nights. So my friends arrive at my house and we're getting ready to set out walking. Now it turns out that my mother and her friends had decided to go see the same movie. Seeing that it was raining, my mother graciously offered to give us a ride, which we quickly declined. She tried insisting, pointing out how silly it was for us to walk in the rain, and her friends joined in, calling us dumb teens and calling us out for being embarrassed to be seen with them. They kept on teasing us for a while, but we stuck to our guns and insisted on walking. As we walked, my mom and her friends drove by, honking, waving, and catcalling out the window in a blatant attempt to embarrass us in front of the teen boys who were also walking along the same stretch of road. A plan began forming in the back of my mind. So we get to the movie theater, wet and bedraggled, get our tickets, and head down to the front rows of the theater. Out of the corner of my eye, I see my mother and her friends way up near the back row, but I'm determined to pretend like she doesn't exist in front of my friends and various cute boys who also happen to be there. My mom realizes that I'm purposely ignoring her existence. So, she gleefully decides that she's going to SHOW ME a thing or two. She stands on top of her seat and calls out across the theater in a sickeningly sweet cooing voice, Hello OP, while waving both arms above her head to get as much attention as possible. I turn to look at her, smile sweetly, wave back and without missing a beat yell, Hi Grandma! My mom turned bright red and sat her butt right back down in her seat. We've laughed over this story many times in the years since, but my mom says she's learned that day to not poke the bear. I just love how quick this is. This is one of those comebacks that is so good in the moment that, like, most of the time, you don't ever have a comeback like that and you're in the shower later on thinking about the situation like, oh, I could have said this, oh, I should have done that. That would have been so good. Our next story is cut down our tree. The property manager would like a word with you and a check so i'm single again after three years this is relevant because my ex-boyfriend enacted his own petty revenge by cutting down the willow tree where we first kissed we had ducked under the branches forming a sort of yellow green umbrella almost completely blocking out the rest of the world it was an incredibly romantic moment and i think more than anything else i'm mad at how that was ruined for me by his crappy move I forwarded his text bragging about it right to the property manager of the fourplex we lived in. But that's not the petty revenge, or at least not all of it. A couple of weekends later, I saw him out in the garden with a bunch of tools. He had some kind of roto tiller thingy that he used to get rid of the stump, a pickaxe, shovels, etc. I learned later that in lieu of being sued and or arrested. The landlord made him clear off the remains of the old tree, excavate the stump, and plant a new willow tree in its place. I assume he had them pay them some money as well, but I have no way to confirm. So the petty revenge, after an entire day of grinding, picking, digging, hauling dirt, etc., he got pretty mucked up. Being the idiot that he was, he decided to come up and ask if he could shower off before leaving, and I said, you can quote me on this, FREAK NO. And so my jerk ex had to put his mud and sweat covered butt into his pristine Dodge Ram something pickup that he treats like it's made out of cotton wool and needs to be kept in plastic sleeves like a rare Pokemon card. I watched his lame attempt at putting newspaper down on the seat, only to drop a 1000 f-bombs after he noticed the newsprint rubbing off. It didn't make up for the loss of a beautiful tree or how he poisoned one of the best memories I had of our relationship. But it helped to confirm that dumping his bud was the right decision. 1,000,000% if somebody is that torn up about things that they're willing to cut down a tree just because it has a memory attached to it. You definitely know you dodged a huge bullet. I mean, that is just insane and honestly kind of sad because a poor innocent willow tree was cut down here. This next story is, won't pay me fairly? Good luck on Black Friday. Reason for the revenge. Many moons ago, I worked at a store that was not the best place to buy electronics. I was in the cellular sales area selling cell phones by the seashore. Now, I don't like to brag, but I was really good at my job. I had worked at Radio Shack for several years before selling phones, and I knew all the carriers, all the hardware, everything like the back of my hand. So coming into that store, I had three years experience. I worked there for three more years. Over that time, I'd become the fix-it guy. I would fix broken accounts. I would solve complicated issues. Geek Squad would seek me out anytime someone ventured near their area with a phone. I trained 12 employees, my assistant manager, and my direct manager, all on how the systems worked and how to sell phones. It was during October of my third year that I became aware of something. I was making ever so slightly less than the new hires I'd been training. Obviously, I did take some issue with this. I had well exceeded my job's roles and description, and was frequently acting as de facto manager for my department, because my manager would ask my opinion on all phone-related issues and would immediately enact that opinion. So, I decided to make a reasonable ask. I was, at the time, making $15 an hour. The new hires were making $16 an hour. The highest pay for my job role at the time was $17.50 an hour. I decided to ask our GM to put me on the high end for my job role. I wasn't asking for a promotion, I wasn't asking for anything in excess of what I should logically be making. Paul, the GM, is what a human would be if one were to be crafted entirely from cardboard. He had a monotone voice and I had never seen evidence of him having emotions in the three years I worked for him. So I asked Paul, name not changed. To put me on the higher end of the pay scale, and I laid out my case. 1. I was making less than the new hires despite 3 years of tenure. 2. I had trained all the new hires, my assistant manager and my manager. 3. I was a valuable asset to the team since I knew every nuance of my job. I have long since forgotten the specific words, but I will never forget how I felt. Paul spent 15 gosh darn minutes walking me around the circumference of the store making a multitude of excuses as to why they couldn't pay me fairly, as well as a multitude of platitudes as to why I should be content with what I was getting. Truth be told, I had tuned him out by minute two of his monologue and was already internally planning my revenge. The revenge? My revenge was simple, I quit. As you may suspect from the title of the post. I quit the day before Black Friday. I spent the rest of October job hunting and I made sure I had interviews lined up. The job I got after that, while more lucrative, was significantly more soul-sucking. After which I moved on to my current job which is both lucrative and fun. Two days before Black Friday, I rolled up to Paul and informed him of my imminent departure. I was very pleased to get the exact reaction I was hoping for. His eyes went wide, and his face somehow went even whiter. Some say that a new shade of white was produced that day, one that Anish Kapoor was immediately banned from even observing. He didn't sputter, but his voice did crack slightly. He was desperately trying to keep his composure. Paul said, well that's a shame, right before Black Friday? I said, yep. Normally I'd give two weeks notice, but these are the circumstances I'm afraid. Paul says, well, is there anything we can do to get you to stay? I said, well, you could have bumped my pay when I asked, but as it stands right now, no. Paul went silent and I said, well, good luck with Black Friday. Now, I'd like to say that I slept in on Black Friday since I was no longer working. That would be a lie. I went shopping, like a good American drone, and picked up a rain jacket for pretty cheap, then swung by Best Buy for a cheap TV. Things were chaotic. I have a question here, is it worth slightly showing your hands when you're initially asking for that pay bump? You know, saying something like, yeah I think this is more than fair wage for what I'm doing, I might just have to look for a job elsewhere that pays me fairly, or is that just too much when you're asking for the raise? I suppose it could handicap your ability to have any kind of revenge, and they might be able to compensate if they try to react fast enough I suppose, I don't know our next story is petty printer revenge i used to work in an office with gary who was the absolute worst he hated that i was female and 10 years younger but was technically his superior and took every chance he got to avoid having to do things for me he dragged his feet on anything i gave him and if i asked for something by a certain day or time he would complain to his boss since he essentially saw us as peers Eventually, I stopped giving him anything but the work I absolutely couldn't do myself. But he still hemmed and hawed about it until someone higher in the food chain reiterated that yes, he did in fact need to assist me with whatever totally appropriate request I had just made. Our office had one of those gigantic standalone printers, but I was the only one who thought to look up the manual online and understand it. So every time Gary and I were each printing something, I would knock his print job down in the queue. I once overheard gary explaining to our department head bill that he couldn't do anything because the printer was down so i quickly reset it when gary and bill looked at it again i heard bill say in an annoyed tone well it looks fine now and asked gary to hurry things up every chance i got i stuck his print jobs in the back of the queue and at one point when he bemoaned the fact that he was always dead last i shrugged and suggested that he get to the office earlier so he actually started coming in at 7.30am for a brief period of time. The most memorable thing I did was to switch Gary's print job to tray 4, which was considered the crappy tray, since it was slightly out of alignment intended to crease the paper, and he accidentally printed what looked like an entire ream of creased hot pink literature for a board meeting, because the last person using that tray had been printing breast cancer awareness flyers. I just love that OP has enough time and so little supervision that they can go around and do this revenge. The fact that this guy isn't like watching like a hawk over their print job after they get bumped back so many times. Like if I was in Gary's position I'd be like, something's gotta be up here, I can't always be last. Our next story is, lock me in one more time. I used to live in a multi-level apartment complex in a large city that's well known for having very expensive car parking. I had two dedicated car parking spaces, back-to-back, allocated to my apartment. I used to sublease the car park space to a friend that would park his car on workdays. Often on a Friday night, he would taxi home after Friday night drinks and leave his car. He would then come in on the Saturday or Sunday and pick it up. Often he would park me in, but this wasn't an issue as we had access to each other's cars. A new neighbor moved into the complex, and unfortunately for me, that neighbor turned out to be a real jerk. They would often see my spaces free and park me in, or tell their visitors to park me in. I would often have to go call them or see them and ask for them to move their cars. It became such an issue that I had them on speed dial. We tried several things to stop them from parking in our spots, such as putting in bollards or parking in the front spot, and moving the cars when we needed to park, but they would end up parking us in and parking illegally. My friend got so frustrated and said he would stop subleasing for me which wasn't a big deal as it was only an arrangement of convenience for both of us. In Australia, it's very difficult to enforce parking on private property, it's basically illegal to tow, clamp or detain a car, so building management couldn't really help besides putting warning stickers and writing letters. I talked to a lot of the residents in the complex and they were having the same problems. Cue revenge! I joined the Strata Committee, which consists of all the owners, and after six months got elected as the president, which wasn't hard as only a handful of residents would actively participate, I then got the common areas, which included visitor parking, to be managed by the council. We had to pay a fee, but it was worth it. When council started to patrol the common areas, the offending cars got fined pretty heavily until they were removed. I saw at least 5 tickets, each approximately $250, on 3 of the cars. In addition, one of the cars wasn't even registered and was ticketed for abandonment and eventually removed. This didn't resolve the private car parking issues, so I had bylaws drafted that if residents led visitors into the private car park instead of using visitor parking, their access would be reassessed. This meant that their access fobs, keys, would be disabled until the residents confirmed and accepted the bylaws. This meant that the offending residents, which were renters, were constantly calling their landlord and complaining, as we disabled the fobs every time we caught them using it to let visitors in. Of course, it took 24 hours and an administrative fee to reactivate the fobs. Eventually I got the car park upgraded and the car park key fob system removed and replaced with number plate identification instead. I've since moved out, but as I still own the property and I'm still on the strata committee, I'm still well informed. I'm happy to report that there are no more parking issues. 100% this would suck if you pay for a spot and you can't even use it or you can't even get out of it because some jerk lets their buddy in who doesn't live there and doesn't pay for any of those parking spots to block your car in. Our next story is the best way I ever dealt with bullies. When I was in seventh grade, I used to play paper football with my friend every day at lunch. You know, the game where you flick a triangle of paper between the goal posts made by your opponent's fingers? Well, this pastime was inevitably noticed by a couple of bullies that had been troubling me for years. They began to steal our football each day. This happened for multiple days in a row. They would approach, steal the football, ridicule me, and then throw the football away. I began to become increasingly frustrated, as this was only the most recent and a long line of indignities inflicted upon me by these two. I decided that I would get my revenge. My first thought was to fill the meaner bully's locker entirely with paper footballs. I figured if he really wanted my paper footballs, he should have them, right? That night, I enlisted my mom's help and we spent several hours folding paper. It quickly became apparent that my original plan was overambitious. The sheer volume of paper that filling an entire locker would require was more than we had on hand, to say nothing of the time and effort it would require. Still, by the time we were done, I had a lunch sack full of faux sports paraphernalia. The next day, I sat across from my friend as usual and placed the sack on my lap out of sight under the table. We began our game and right on cue, the bullies pounced. I didn't react to the theft. I merely reached into the bag on my lap, retrieved a new football, and resumed play. They stole that one too. So I pulled out another one. Which they stole. So I got another one. They took that too. This went on for the entire lunch period. The lead bully would steal the ball and pass it to his minion to throw away. I would produce a new ball, and it would immediately be stolen and passed to the minion as soon as he got back. Every time this happened, my friend would urge me to pull out another one. I hadn't filled him in on my scheme so he was delighted every time that I did. By the time lunch was over, all four of us were laughing too hard to even speak. The bullies didn't say anything to me as they left, simply shaking their heads while grinning in disbelief. My friend only said, that was awesome when all was said and done i still had about 15 footballs left those two particular bullies never bothered me again not just during lunch but ever i don't know if this is technically qualifying as petty revenge or not my original idea of filling his locker certainly would have but i think it evolved into something better i had a lot of run-ins with bullies over the course of my school career I came out of top in very few of them. Still this is one instance that I'm most proud of myself for and I hadn't ever told the story. I hope you enjoyed it. I don't have a story that involves bullies but this story reminded me of a time in school when I was a kid where I sat at the back and there was this double length table. Two kids could sit at it and it had two perfect, I guess, cable management holes on the upper left and upper right of the table, and for some reason this table also had a wall on the very end of it away from us, so it became the perfect playing field for us to crumple up a ball and play paper soccer, just trying to flick it into the opponent's goal. But you had to be careful because you didn't want to flick it too hard and send the paper ball flying off of the table and make the teacher notice. You also had to pray that if you got it into the cable management hole, that when it hit the ground, it didn't go like bouncing away. Our next story is, there's a call for you. at University, in the days when mobile phones were new and we still used the one payphone in our hall of residence on the ground floor, I was on a six week placement. If you failed it, you weren't allowed to progress to the next year, so it was really important. The guy in the room next to me kept playing his music at all hours and walking off to chat to his mates, leaving it playing. Myself and another friend, also on placement on our floor, politely asked him to be reasonable and keep the noise down at night as we needed to sleep and be professional the next day on placement. He couldn't care less, and we were really getting stressed about it. I was chatting about it to a friend who worked as a security guard at the university halls of residence, and he asked if I wanted to complain about it officially or off the books. I didn't want to cause my neighbor any official grief even though he was being a jerk. Plus, I didn't want a confrontation or any comeback whilst on placement. My friend said, leave it with me and I'll fix it. When my friend was on his next shift, he checked that my neighbor had settled in well after midnight and was all quiet. So began his plan. He took the payphone off the hook and left it hanging. He then walked up to our third floor and knocked on his door. My neighbor answered and was told by security that the phone had gone and it was a friend of his asking to speak to him, but they didn't leave a name. He didn't have much money and what money he did have was running out. My neighbor ran downstairs and picked up the hanging phone, just the pips. My friend had obviously run out of money. He walked back up and went to bed. My mate returned an hour later, knocked on his door, waking him and told him his mate was back on the phone. He ran downstairs but was too late. His friend had run out of money again. He walked back upstairs and settled in. An hour later, same thing, only this time he realized what was going on and why. He apologized to my security friend and promised to keep his loud music to a decent level in time. The following day, the neighbor, to his credit, apologized and never kept us awake all night again. Well, it's nice to see that sometimes jerks can have a change of heart. It's just a little sad when they have to recognize it and deal with it themselves before they actually understand and adjust away from being a jerk. This next story is, be careful how you treat the fat kid, you might not know what he knows. High school was weird for me. On the one hand, I was a part of all the sports teams except hockey and hung with the popular folks. On the other hand, I was fat and was the comedic relief for almost everything. Mr. Punchline. Either the one delivering the roast or getting roasted, my weight was usually the main point. Quick enough to always say something funny back or roast someone, but was always conscious that I wasn't in the group because I was the cool guy, which tempered my responses from being too rough. Still, I thought that I'd built some friendships. My mistake. One day after football practice, a few of my teammates, and at the time my best friend, let's call him Jake, were talking about some rumors that were circling around from a party that they went to that weekend, never mind I wasn't invited, But let's just say two people in relationships were caught in a room doing relationship things by the people they were in relationships with. Juicy story, but throughout the space of the conversation, relationships in general came up. And i had explained that I was still a virgin and had yet to even have a high school girlfriend. Cue them stating they needed to set me up and that they weren't going to let my life be loveless. I didn't really think much of the conversation because I was basically an afterthought. So when one of the girls in the popular group, let's call her Sarah, started to talk to me, I didn't put two and two together. Sarah started to hang out with me at lunch, even separating from the larger group to do as such. We bonded over our love for Gossip Girl, which will become important later, and our disdain for horror films. This went on for a few weeks, so when she invited me to her house after school, I thought all the obvious thoughts. The walk was cool, but Sarah was a lot more quiet than normal. I remember me thinking she was just nervous when we got to her house she had asked me to wait at the entrance to her basement while she made sure her house was clear i complied and sat at the stone stairs and sat and sat i think i waited an hour in ignorance before i realized anything was wrong this was 10 years ago so that one hour was a true one hour My little Blackberry phone was drier than dry, and my parents were not about to pay for anything but talk and text. I tried calling her, but got no response. Even still, I waited maybe 20 minutes more before I left. I remember thinking, maybe her parents just grounded her, or something happened. But the next day at school, I would be able to ask her. Well, the next day happened, and I was getting more looks than I normally would. Snickers here and there made me more self-conscious than anything, again assuming it was about my weight. It wasn't until lunch that another friend, let's call him Rashad, pulled me to the side and showed me a Facebook group I never knew existed. In it were multiple videos of me sitting on the stairs over the course of that hour and 20 minutes, putting on lip balm, picking my nose, and doing a pit check. Snickers and jokes could be heard as Jake, my friend and teammate, was making fun of my every move. And how could I think that Sarah would be interested in me? Rashad said it wasn't funny and showed me the comments, but I was basically dead inside at that point. I didn't even go to confront Jake and Sarah, I just bumped into them at my locker where Jake said it was a harmless prank and that they expected me to leave much sooner than they did. By the end of the day, I was the butt of every joke. And other than Rashad, nobody came to my defense. I was lucky enough to make it home before i just started bawling my eyes out with how much it hurt. Eventually the sadness became bitterness and anger. I needed to get back at not just Jake and Sarah, but everyone who continuously used me as the joke. I just didn't know how to do it. Funny enough, I'd rented the whole six seasons of Gossip Girl from the library and in the middle of watching it I came up with a plan. I took a pen and paper and wrote down every single piece of gossip I knew, and I knew plenty. Being a fly on the wall in popular groups, you would be amazed at how loud secrets could be told, and how many didn't know who was listening. Two weeks later, the crapalker Twitter post went live with Jake being the center focus. He was getting tested for an STD not many people knew about and that he definitely didn't want to be public knowledge. The football star had been around and when that went live, chaos ensued. It only took his absence and a few girls conversations and now it was confirmed. He came back a few days later and when he was he was getting those same looks I'd gotten with him being the butt of the joke. I loved every second of it. He went on a warpath trying to find out who the twitter page belonged to, but because only a few knew about it, he never assumed me. A few days later and a few more posts and the crap was the talk of the school. Pregnancy, infidelity, you name it, if it was gossip and would get a reaction, it was up. Don't know if everything ended up being true but a good majority of the people in the know could confirm themselves. It had even leaked into other schools and whole cities apart where copycats for other schools popped up. Nobody trusted nobody for a while and instead of jokes made about me the focus was the gossip and the dirt people were doing or a part of. Eventually the gossip ran out and it became a roasting page before it was taken down for bullying. But for maybe about a month, that page was the only thing high schoolers in my area wanted to talk about. All because a fat kid was joked on. I wouldn't really say that I was really bullied in school, but like, I was the kind of person
0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number Store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StoryTimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash, StoryTimePod. ...that hated almost any attention. So when you have attention on you that is definitely making you the butt of any kind of joke especially because of your appearance or who you are. You absolutely despise it, so I can't blame OP for wanting their revenge and doing what they did here. I'm just surprised all these people went around blabbing all these secrets out loud enough for OP to pick up on it. I mean, These people just lacked any awareness. A car is on fire. Someone had posted about people parking too close to them in garages and it reminded me of this story. I think it fits here. I was at the grocery store a few years ago with my then infant, whose car seat was located in the seat behind the driver. When I got back with my groceries, some jerk had parked their car so close to mine that I could barely squeeze through, let alone manage my way with my baby's car seat. So I took down the license plate number and car info and went back into the store and asked to speak to the manager. I said I was concerned because the car had smoke coming out of its hood but no one was around. The manager put a call out on the intercom with the car info and the apparent fire under the hood i went back outside and watched as a woman ran out like a bat out of heck to check on her car i asked if she was okay and she said she thought her car was on fire i said oh how strange good thing it isn't hey while you're here mind moving your car so i can get to my side you're parked a little close she was apologetic and did still phased by the announcement probably I'd like to think that she realized later on that it was probably me who put in the fake announcement. Honestly, I think this is a pretty good revenge. I don't know if I would have the confidence to be able to go forward with it, but I mean, it's pretty darn effective, right? I'm just surprised that like nobody else was like rushing out to check on it. When you say a car's on fire in the parking lot, I feel like just about anybody that might be in that parking lot or maybe even some employees that maybe have access to a fire extinguisher would be like making a mad dash. Even just like spectators wanting to come take a look at it, right? That said, our next story is… I FORGOT TO PACK THEM. Sorry. This feels like a petty revenge to me and wanted to share. Few years ago, I went through a divorce. It ended because he was cheating on me and still denies it. The affair partner and him were married and had a baby less than a year after our divorce, so you tell me. He was also emotionally abusive. To be fair, he has a lot of mental health problems and I hope he's doing better just as long as I'm not around him. A few years before that, though, we moved my grandmother from another state to live with us so I could care for her. My grandfather had passed about two years before that. One of the things he left behind was this very pretty glass mixer and shot glasses, like what you'd see at a bar to mix drinks, that had some gold decorations on it. My grandmother didn't care if she kept it, so my ex asked if he could have them. She said yes. I really like them too, and they belong to my grandfather, and that means a lot to me. I was very close to my grandfather, and his passing was very hard on all of us. Everyone loved him, even my ex loved him. Anyways, when we got divorced, he came and got a lot of his stuff. He asked me to pack some of it so he wouldn't be in my home longer than necessary. He then asked me to pack the mixer and glasses. At first, I said sure, but the more I thought about it, the less I wanted him to have them. They were my grandfather's. They're very fragile, and packing them would have to be done carefully and they could still break if one wasn't careful. And to be honest, I don't trust him to not break them on accident. So I kept forgetting, as I had no way to pack them properly. Inevitably, he had gotten 99% of this stuff and it was basically understood that everything left was mine. And I never packed them. He had asked me a couple of times and I made excuses. Been 4 years and they're still proudly displayed in my home. way I see it. It's payment for what he put me through and, in my honest opinion, they were more mine than his. Patty? I think so, absolutely. But oh well, I'm content. Yeah, in this situation, I think OP has honestly more than enough right to keep those. I mean, it was their grandfather's and if that means a lot to OP, why should they have any guilt about keeping it for themselves rather than giving it to their ex, who wasn't even related to the person who originally owned them? Our next story is, I skip songs to make my bio mother unhappy while I drive. This is something that I've been told is super petty by some friends. For reference, I have a really bad relationship with my mother. Not to get into here. I've always tried my best to avoid her, but my grandparents, who raised me, are very old and traditional and believe in the whole, she's your mother, we just have to love her and take care for her and forgive her. Words that I've taken almost exactly from their mouths. I got my license when I was well into being 16. She didn't help at all with my hours. She didn't want to help me at all. The only thing she did was take me to the DMV, but I did everything myself and my grandparents paid for it. My mother's always been a terrible driver and gets really nervous on highways. She's an even worse passenger. She is the worst passenger I've ever had or seen in my life. She has always had the rule that the driver gets to choose the music in the car. This resulted in me listening to awful songs that I grew up hating and being told to suck it up. I grew up with a taste in different music than what I was forced to listen to that she, unfortunately, knew and liked some of those songs too. The first time I drove in a car with my mother, she was rude, very unnecessarily scared to be my passenger. EI slamming on invisible second brakes, screaming and shouting at the top of her lungs, hitting me and making passes for the steering wheel. It made me mad as I already had my license and everyone, including her, had told me that I was a really good driver. We were driving through the mountains, so there was no radio. On the way back down the mountain, I was playing music for my phone plugged into the car and I could hear her singing along. My mother thinks that she's an amazing singer who could have been famous in another life and that her voice is one of the best around to be heard. It is not. So when I realized she was singing along with my song, I got mad and skipped it. It caused her to let out a little, aww, and slouch a little. That made me very happy. So the entire ride, any song that she started humming, singing, tapping her fingers with, anything at all, I would skip it. It made her very annoyed and sad, but it was doing wonders for my mood. So I kept skipping songs, and it got to the point where any song that I knew, she knew I would skip just for the fun of it. She tried to bring it up and I countered with the fact that my entire life she said that the driver gets to pick the music and she can't change her own rules now. That made her very mad and me very happy. Ever since it's been something I do with her and only her, anytime she says something annoying in the car or makes me mad or is just a bad passenger, it doesn't happen very often as I'm an adult now and try my best to avoid her in literally every situation. But when it does happen, it makes my day. I definitely understand being frustrated with somebody enough to be like totally satisfied that you're kind of just letting them down a little bit. But I don't know what it says about me, but I feel like in that situation, even if I had it with this person, if they were starting to get into the music and I skipped it and they slouched into the little aww thing, That would still make me feel bad. To me, it would feel like taking the insufferable person's one reasonable human trait away from them. Our next story is... Blast tinny gospel at 5am? Okay, enjoy six hours of loud, screamy music. Pretty basic. Spend the night with a friend who just had a baby. We were all woken up by her neighbor standing outside blasting old gospel in his yard at 5am. Mama and baby went to see her mom who can't travel, and I stayed to clean up her house for her. The entire time I blasted stuff like Avenged Sevenfold, Black Veil Brides, Disturbed, Motionless and White, and Five Finger Death Punch. All the doors and windows wide open, so Mr. 5am Gospel Hour got no peace. He came out and glared several times, but never said anything. Pretty sure I scare the heck out of him, but that's what you get for waking up a new mama and her five-day-old baby. Can we all agree that there's no, like, great hour to be blasting your music in the morning hours? But like, if you're gonna do that, at least do it sometime after, like, 7.30, 8am. Do it at a reasonable time. I went to church all the time as a kid, and I know darn well God didn't make me get up at 5am. Our next story is, keep asking me for updates? Okay. At work last week, my boss and coworker kept asking for progress on getting a quote for our customer. I was waiting for various suppliers to reach out with information and kept replying, no movement. After a dozen asks between the two of them, I decided to be proactive with updating. Every 5-10 to 10 minutes I would interrupt the silence and say, no movement. After an hour my boss said, okay. I responded, just keeping you both updated. I continued to update them for hours until we got the quote prepared and sent off to the customer. If somebody's micromanaging and being impatient, you kind of have to treat them like this. When they're being ridiculous and they don't really recognize it, or they're being overbearing and they don't recognize it, giving it back to them is probably the best way to help them realize. This next story is Get Off My Lawn. I witnessed this happen when I was younger, and my parents and I still joke about this incident to this day. This was actually revenge that my dad got on this lady, so for background, we used to have a neighbor who hosted a religious studies class next door. This wouldn't be a problem, except she herself admitted that it was more of a glorified babysitting service out of her house. That is irrelevant here, though. There was this specific mom who would constantly come to pick her kid up 30 minutes early and let her five-year-old run in our yard in front of our house. Besides the obvious safety concerns with the kid climbing our tree and not knowing his family, the kid had a tendency to walk up to our dining room window and terrorize our dog through the glass. My dad went out one day and asked her to stop letting her kid on our property and politely informed her that there was a playground within sight of our house that was for the community. She apologized and my dad went back in the house. Not five minutes later, she let her kid go back onto our front yard and her kid continued the terrorizing of our dog. My dad again went out and more sternly asked her to leave, this time pointing out her child was making our dog freak out through the window. She apologized, but once my dad went inside, she let her kid continue once again. My dad had enough and decided this was a perfect opportunity to water our lawn. She was pretty upset because her phone got wet and her kid was upset because he got wet too. She, nor her kid, did not touch our property again. I guess this just goes to show that sprinklers, if you can afford them, are a worthwhile investment if you have a bunch of people that don't respect your bounds of your property. Although I do think it's pretty impressive if somebody goes to the lengths of buying sprinklers Not necessarily for any landscaping type thing, but just to keep people off of their lawn or some kind of revenge. Our next story is, won't turn your radio down? I work as an electrician in a major metropolitan area. Many years ago, I was part of a big crew working on a years-long project for a multinational's pet food brand. Factory, research, offices, etc. One building was for research and development. Because this was essentially a lab, it had tons of dedicated circuits, which are where one outlet is fed by one breaker in the panel. Because of this, we were pulling tons of wire through conduits. Full days spent pulling bundles from point A to point B. Of course, all the other trades were working on their own things as well, and we all got along fine, except for the floor guys. They would plug a radio in and crank it up while they worked most days nobody mind but when we were doing wire pulls you need to be able to hear the guy at the other end of the pipe basically they have to pull when you feed and you need to be able to shout stop or okay etc so we asked nicely if the floor guys could turn the music off or at least down while we were doing this they refused i remember one guy saying we gotta have our jams man we can't work without them An old-timer I worked with, I'll call Ollie, was cool but took no crap, and he hatched a plan. The floor guys plugged their radio into the same plug every day. Ollie had me find which circuit controlled that plug, and told me to get there a little early the next morning, so I did. The next morning, Ollie had the 277-volt panel opened up, as well as the 120-volt panel that fed the plug the floor guys used and we jumpered a wire from the 277 volt panel to the plug they used for their radio, basically feeding more than twice as much electricity to that outlet. My job was to watch them and let Ollie know when they had tried to turn their radio on, and to make sure no one else tried to use that plug. A few minutes go by and the floor guys show up, plug their radio in and turn it on. No sound comes out but some smoke sure does. I hightail it back to the electrical room and Ollie and I quickly put everything back to normal. A couple minutes later, one of the floor guys finds us and tells us that the plug isn't working. Ollie grabs a corded drill and heads over to it, plugs it and fires up the drill and says, seems like it's working fine. Maybe your radio's busted. And as he heads back, I hear him say, let's see if you can't work without your freaking jams. We finished our wire poles in blessed silence. And that radio never worked again whether you're working on the job site or you're just commuting in public can we all kind of agree that people who loudly play their music are just kind of the worst i swear i've heard construction going on recently in my area and they were blaring music from that job site and it was some of the weirdest music i've ever heard just blaring our next story is short story revenge fridge My then-girlfriend and I lived in a house with very sloppy and rude people. There were a lot of us, and one fridge didn't cut it. My girlfriend bought a used fridge out of pocket so that she could store her and my food, with the understanding that if there was room, others could share. Typical them, they took it over, and again, hardly any fridge space for us. After a series of conflicts, they voted us off the island and we scrambled to move. We didn't have room for the fridge in our next place, but we did have one thing, the knowledge of which breaker it was connected to. These are people who couldn't duct tape a brick to a stick. They wouldn't be investigating the breaker panel. I don't think they even knew where it was. So once the truck was packed, a quick visit to the breaker panel, and goodbye to hundreds of dollars worth of their food. I just find it incredibly concerning that all of these people are living on their own in a place where they don't even have the concept of a breaker panel. I mean okay i could understand enough not knowing exactly where the breaker panel was but to not think to maybe look for it and understand that the plug in the wall right there isn't working they've got a lot to learn on top of learning to respect other people's space our next story is she's bankrupt i'm debt free about six years ago my former partner of six years and i broke up and i started to realize all of the things i had normalized were actually abuse Instances of gaslighting were all too prevalent. Even one instance where she gaslit me about what gaslighting even was. Financial, she could spend what she wanted, I had to ask permission, even limiting time that I spent with my family and my best mate. There was more, but that's enough of that. After we broke up, I realized that money I had continued to place into our joint account wasn't going to the mortgage as promised, but was going to shopping, paying for her new partner who, it turned out, was on the scene months before we split and wasn't the first, and payments to her lawyer. When I found this out, I called the finance company handling our mortgage and told them I would no longer be making payments. I told them they could seize the house if they wanted, but my half of the payments would cease immediately until I would recouped the money stolen, roughly 5 months worth of payments. They said I couldn't do that, I told them to watch me soon after that when the debt letters and dishonors started the texts phone calls and voicemails from her started i ignored everyone two months in i heard her car broke down badly because she couldn't afford to maintain it not long after that she filed for bankruptcy a month later she moved out and i got my house back i cleaned it up changed the locks got my mortgage back in front and recently my wife and i sold it for a tidy little profit she got nothing Not a dollar, not a dime. She has no usable credit rating, and my wife and I are debt-free with a deposit on our new home. Feels good. I'm just not understanding why none of this didn't immediately kill OP's credit score. Like, it was an obligation for both of them, right? Like, both of their names would have been on this. Why would it only affect her and not OP? Not only should OP feel like they got away on top, but they should feel like they got incredibly lucky for not being held, as far as their credit goes, responsible for this. This next story is... Accidentally deleted post, Brother is still a jerk who called my wife a runt and now regrets it. My older brother is a sociopath who used to hold me down when I had a loose tooth and rip it out with a pliers. My parents always considered me sensitive for some reason. Fast forward 20 years, my wife and sister-in-law used to work at the same facility but sister-in-law got fired. Sister-in-law still has moles planted to keep her current on the gossip that occurs. I happened to also work at the same facility and got wind of some terrible rumors that were going around about my wife of course spread by sister-in-law because she's the type of person to stir the pot and encourage my brother's hairpin temper after 20 years of this i finally got tired and sent a group text to brother and sister-in-law basically calling them out for spreading rumors and that it's time to let go of a place you were fired from years ago everyone in life was always afraid of confrontation with him so we got used to not having any repercussions for his actions Brother is first to answer back and basically says the worst things a human can say. My wife suffered from severe postpartum depression and he used that to call her a crappy mother. She has extreme mom guilt over this and it hit her hard. Then he uses the fact that several years prior I struggled with addiction I've been clean for 3 years now to tell me to overdose and how I'm a crappy father who's basically human garbage. After some more rambling, he sends a text calling my wife a runt, among other things. Eventually communication stops, and his number is blocked again. I had he and her blocked before, but unblocked them to send the message. A few weeks pass, and I find out from a coworker that my brother is trying to get elected to a local hockey board. Now for context, I live in Minnesota, where hockey is God. Seriously, being on the hockey board is like being in the freaking Illuminati. They're typically pompous, wealthy jerks who think they deserve special treatment because they have a conference room. If this happens, my brother will relish the new facade he's putting on. So I screenshot the text messages he sent and email them to the hockey board chairman. I urge the chairman to reconsider allowing someone who openly calls women RUNTS to be around children as well as having input into the goings on of the community hockey arena. Chairman turns out to be super cool and assures me that my brother is not only out of the running but the messages have all been forwarded to the rest of the board members. Brother is now ostracized from the hockey community and everyone knows the real him. He was very good at acting like a saint around other people but the real him was finally exposed and the one thing his narcissistic butt wanted more than anything in the world was gone. I shiver to imagine what would have happened had he made the board. So again, to my brother, freak you. I think there's definitely a great level of appreciation for the hockey board chairman in understanding and validating the things OP was concerned about here. I mean, obviously it just seems like the right thing to do for the chairman, but... In bureaucracy, there seems to be a lot of overlooking some crappy behavior sometimes. I'm just glad a position that influences or affects the community in any way is not going to be touched by some scumbag like that. Our next story is, ice cream truck got on my last nerve. After my second marriage fell apart, I moved in with my mom for a year. Summer came and an ice cream truck started coming through the neighborhood twice a day. The driver decided that the best place to stop was right in front of my mom's house. The song his truck played was Music Box Dancer, and he kept it playing for the whole time he was there, which ranged from 20 to 30 minutes. It was maddening. I asked him if he could shut it off after 10 minutes, since by then all the kids knew he was there. He told me to go freak myself. I worked second shift, so I was home during the day. My boss had a buddy who drove a delivery truck for a company that sold exactly the kind of stuff you would buy from an ice cream truck. He was more than happy to sell me whatever I wanted at wholesale cost and gave me some of it for free. My mom had a chest freezer conveniently located in the mudroom on the side of the house. I talked to some of the neighbors about what the guy had said and how I planned to get my petty revenge. When they heard that he had dropped the f-bomb in front of little kids, they were all on my side. They already didn't like him because he was gruff, unfriendly, and just generally ill-suited for a job that involved talking to people, especially children. Word got around and whenever the truck showed up, the kids would all go right past him and line up at the side door of my mom's house. My mother was 100% on board. She was a next level petty and was delighted to help out. I would take orders and she would pull the stuff from the freezer. One of the neighbors had warned me that she'd been threatened with fines for selling homemade ice pops without the appropriate permit the previous summer. So I just gave away that crap for free. Some of the parents would give their kids money to tip me though. I still lost money, but no more than three or four bucks a day. The second day I was doing it, the driver confronted me and asked me what the freak I thought I was doing. I said, I tried talking to you like a grown-up and you acted like a child. This is what you get. Now get off my property. He made some threats of physical violence, and my mom called the cops. He was gone by the time they showed up, but they took statements from me, my mom, the dad next door, and a couple of the kids who were waiting for their ice cream when he made the threat. He didn't own the truck, and a bunch of parents called the outfit he worked for to complain about him swearing and threatening violence in front of their kids. We didn't see the truck for about a week and a half, and when it started coming around again, there was a different person running it. The jerkwad was charged with making terrorist threats. The dad from next door and I got subpoenas and testified against him. He was able to plead it down to harassment, but he had priors, so he still got a fine and six months probation. The new driver was an older guy. He loved kids and the kids loved him. I shut down my operation and gave the rest of my stock away when the neighborhood had a block party the weekend before school started. OP is 100% the type of person you want in your neighborhood, just trying to look out for the community as a whole and also completely making the days of all of these children, especially the ones that might not have been able to afford that ice cream. Our next story is, I watered some hicks today, so today is a national holiday in my country, there are festivals going on that lure lots of people to the city, slowly getting a little intoxicated through the day. I was chilling with the balcony door open when four loud male youths making their way to the music stopped under the balcony to roll a cigarette or a joint or something. I could hear their conversation. They sounded like village tough guys, hick accents, big talk about how tough they are and stuff. It started with things like, I could totally beat up the whole of rival village. I won't, but I totally could. To stuff like, I wouldn't beat up a girl again, I promise that. Well, okay, maybe if she's an expletive. Listen, if a female junkie comes close to me, I'll beat the crap out of her. I'll break her face on my knee. Yeah, because they aren't women anymore anyway. This was when I emptied a bottle of water on them gross little boys. I expected backlash, but they immediately ran off screaming some obscenities. Yeah, sounds to me like they're all bark and no bite just kind of flexing themselves up all around amongst each other, but if push comes to shove and something went down, they'd probably run for the hills then, too. This next story is, if you want to back into a parking spot, just do it. Don't blow your horn and aggressively tell the people behind you to pass by first. Pulling into work this morning, I was behind a car that was obviously going to back into a parking spot because of the way she positioned herself and the fact that her reverse lights came on. I politely waited on her to make the maneuver but she just sat there. I waved and smiled at her and told her to go ahead and back in. She blew her horn at me for a long time and aggressively waved me to drive on. I could see her mouth form the words, you stupid jerk. So I pulled into the space she was about to back into, got out and told her good morning as I walked by. I just don't understand what this lady's problem was. Was she like too embarrassed to do her parking job with an audience? Was she, like, afraid that she was going to mess up because somebody's watching or something? I don't know. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.
0: Acast and Befaler
1: Mit navn er Anders Morgentarder. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmannen. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben
0: er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt.
1: Vi er skidesræt af alle de der podcast, og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge kommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt spas med at have den her vidunderlige